Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, again, we have the real pleasure to talk with uh, two of the editors of a recent book, uh, Nonprofits and Advocacy, Engaging Community and Government in an Era of Retrenchment. We have two of the editors today, Robert Peckin and Steve Smith. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. And Steve, yourself? I'm doing great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you both on. Um, Robert, maybe we can just start with you with your real brief introduction of, of where you sit, uh, where you are, and, and then we can uh, uh, hear from Steve as well. Of course, Heath. Uh, I'm in beautiful Seattle, which is sunny today, which it may not be when your listeners are listening to the podcast, if, um, if I can go by past weather years. And I'm a professor in the International Studies Program. And I'm also an adjunct professor in the Political Science Department and Sociology. And most of my research has been on Japanese politics, on civil society and nonprofit sector. Great, great. And Steve, you've got wear lots of hats um, in addition to editing this book. Uh, maybe you could just give us your latest hat and, and uh, whatever else you'd like to share with us. OK, thank you. Um, well, I am I am in uh, sunny D.C., Washington, D.C. Um, I am currently the executive director of the American Political Science Association. I um was for many years uh, a professor of public affairs at the Evans School of Public Affairs at the University of Washington, and where Robert and I started this project now um, five or six years ago. Um, so I've also taught at Syracuse University, Georgetown, and Duke in American. Um, over the years, my work is focused on the relationship between government and the nonprofit sector, and recently have also been doing some more comparative work looking at the role of nonprofit organizations in um, in uh, advanced industrial countries. Great. Now, Robert, I wonder if you can um, both introduce the third author who's not with us today and also talk just briefly about how this project came together. Is this, is this the result of a, of a conference? Uh, is this a result of, of something else? What what brought this, uh, this edited volume together? Yutake Tsujinaka is a professor at the University of Tsukuba in Japan. And he's uh, kind of the dean of civil society, nonprofit studies in Japanese academia. And so for I've known him for many years and we've uh, been able to collaborate in a couple of projects. And so he's uh, led a number of international surveys of the nonprofit sector, which focus on um, surveys of organizations. And he was quite successful in some of these surveys on Japan, which provided a lot of, of data that was has been very influential in, in the field. And he approached me about conducting a survey in the United States. And uh, my first step was to talk to Steve, who was my colleague at that time in the University of Washington, about what kind, what a survey might look like and what we might learn from it. And Steve, as, as you mentioned, has a longstanding interest in the how nonprofits interact with government. And so from from that uh, survey, we decided we conducted the survey and then we uh, organized, Steve was spending a year at, the, at uh, Georgetown University, we organized a conference on nonprofits and advocacy, where some of the authors were able to use data from the surveys that we conducted in Seattle and Washington, D.C., and others contributed chapters based on their own research. And so the, the volume is a result of that conference. 
And the conference was also a result of Steve and my collaboration on the survey of nonprofit groups in Seattle and D.C., which traces back to Utaka's international surveys. It's great. And, and I should also mention this is a book that's uh, published by Johns Hopkins University Press. Steve, from, from where you sit, you have a, a very unique perspective on this. Um, the, the, the field of political science sort of by and large hasn't paid a whole lot of attention to what nonprofits do in, in the, the political realm, particularly advocacy. I wonder if you could just start, start and talk a little bit about uh, to what do you attribute this lack of interest? Um, is, is that an overstatement or is that an accurate portrayal of, of the field? And sort of into which void does, does this uh, edited volume fit? Um, uh, thank you for the question. And um, so you know, actually political science has a, a kind of rich history of research on, on interest group politics. Um, I mean, certainly um, some of the leading political scientists of the 20th century, um, including people like Robert Dahl and um, uh, and many others, focused on interest groups um, that and their role in influencing public policy. And, uh, and but by and large, and many of those interest groups are, of course, nonprofit organizations. But within, I think it is definitely true that within political science, um, the field they, they had tended not to regard them as nonprofits, um, even though many in, many interest groups are formally organized as nonprofit organizations. Um, uh, there, there is also a rich body of literature, a more recent body of literature, in the nonprofit research field that looks at the. Um, the, the challenges as well as the opportunities that exist for nonprofits in terms of their advocacy. And that some of that literature has been done by law professors. Some of it has been done by political scientists. Some of it has been done by advocates for the nonprofit sector. And so part of the motivation for Robert and I in doing this book was, tr- was essentially trying to bring together the kind of rich literature in political science on interest groups with the uh, with the literature in nonprofits on the kind of constraints and challenges that not many nonprofits face in doing advocacy. So so we have a number of political scientists in our in the book who've done who were encouraged to think about advocacy, interest group politics as a kind of nonprofit issue. And then we also have brought together some people who, from the nonprofit field, who um, have been particularly interested in how uh, nonprofits can become more effective in doing advocacy. So we really see this book as, as for really for the first time, bringing together the the respective fields of political science and nonprofit sector research. Now, now, Robert. What you guys have done here, and you you talked a little bit about it just earlier, um, was some some really interesting and and quite considerable data collection. I wonder if you could just kind of give us the the contours of this JIG survey, and um, which which is the survey that provides data for several of the chapters of the of the book. How were these data collected? Uh, which which organizations did the data speak to for for the analysis that that you guys have done in one of the chapters? Well, it, we conducted two surveys, one in Seattle and one in the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, 
we worked with the Survey Research Division of the University of Washington for the Seattle Survey and with the Urban Institute in Washington, D.C. to conduct these surveys. And we went for a, a very broad uh, swathe of nonprofit organizations rather than uh, typically these surveys uh, concentrate on larger nonprofits in the 501c3 category. But we wanted to go beyond that and look at nonprofits that had other legal categories, as well as nonprofits that had smaller budgets, the more grassroots nonprofits. So we tried to get as comprehensive a survey of all the nonprofit organizations in these geographic areas that we could. Now, before we get to what some of the others have done in the book with, with these data and related data, Steve, I wonder if you could talk just about the, the chapter that you guys authored. You did some uh, data analysis that, that looks at some of the factors that lead certain nonprofit organizations to advocate and others not to and, and sort of all the, all the things in between. So, so what did you find? Uh, was there anything surprising or anything that, that reinforces some, some expectations that you may have gone into the project with? Um, thank you. Thank you very much for the question. Um, we did indeed do a, a very detailed analysis of of advocacy by nonprofits in in the sample that we particularly the the Seattle sample, but also the, the Washington D.C. sample that we we used, um, um, and I think that the, the chapter one one important goal of the chapter was really to uh, provide a conceptual framework for understanding advocacy by nonprofits. Um, advocacy is a term that actually is. Um, used quite broadly and, and means different things to different people. Um, and we um, really provide an in-depth discussion of advocacy and what it means for nonprofit organizations. And for example, nonprofits can advocate um, individually by, you know, staff or volunteers of nonprofits can, can advocate on behalf of the organization they can do it in collaboration with other organizations, other nonprofits, or um, sometimes in case in some cases other for-profit organizations. Um, and they can also increasingly um, also uh, advocate through other organizations, such as coalitions or um, other associations that they may be a member of. And indeed, one of the findings that we we have from both our work as well as the work of some of the other authors in the book is that nonprofits increasingly are are working with third party uh, associations to undertake their advocacy. I think that um, a few other key points that I'd, I'd mention is that um, we found that actually nonprofits overall do quite a bit of advocacy if you define if and and that means that we used a very broad definition of advocacy, everything from writing, you know, self-described advocacy by nonprofits, such as everything from engaging in um, uh, phoning a legislator to writing an op-ed piece in, in the local newspaper advocating for a particular position, that nonprofits actually do quite a bit of advocacy, um, but they often find that Extensive advocacy is difficult, partly because of resource constraints, partly because um, many nonprofits are small and um, also sometimes lack the professionalization that is necessary to really be active in the advocacy arena. Um, and so one of the conclusions that we would take away from our work, which also is is mirrored by some of the other uh, chapters in the book, including Gary Bass's book, 
I mean, chapter is um, that nonprofits, if they're going to be effective in the policy arena, need to make it a strategic priority, devote some resources, maybe not necessarily even an entire staff person, but they need to make it a priority for the organization and develop some expertise within the organization in order to be more effective. Now, Robert, you guys not only are, are authors in this, uh, you're also editors. Um, is there a particular chapter that stands out as, as telling some novel or unique story? Um, uh, Steve just alluded to one of the, the, the authors of one of the chapters. Uh, but is there something that uh, jumped out at you, um, uh, surprised you at all? Well, you know, uh, we have a, a, a very strong lineup of chapters, and we really like all the chapters. So that's a, a question kind of like asking you to pick your favorite kid. But uh, That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> one of our intellectual children, uh, maybe I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the, the chapter on effective advocacy that Gary Bass, Alan Abramson, Emily Dewey wrote. And this is a, a we think, a, a, a somewhat, um, it's an excellent chapter. And it, it plays a role that's a little bit unusual in many academic volumes. There's high-quality scholarship by, um, by leading scholars in political science, sociology, and in nonprofit studies throughout the book. But for this chapter, we want to do something different. Originally, uh, Gary Bass had been a discussant at the conference that uh, Steve hosted at Georgetown, where many of the chapter authors contributed their first drafts. And his comments were, were incisive, as always. And so... As a punishment for that, we decided to ask him to write a chapter. But instead of doing the, a standard um, research chapter, as most of the other chapters in the book are, we asked him to try to summarize the lessons of the chapters in the book, as well as more generally from the academic literature, about how nonprofit organizations can engage effectively in advocacy, a kind of lessons for nonprofit sector managers and nonprofit organizations from the academic literature. So we thought that would make an excellent concluding chapter, and that's where it is in the book. Now, now, Steve, you have a, a unique perspective on uh, to, to judge some of these uh, recommendations. That is, that is uh, the new hat you wear. How do you make sense of this as someone who's now in a position to uh, to do some of this work? Um, are these recommendations, are the findings from the, the book something that you can incorporate into the work you now do? Um, that's, that's a, that's also a very good question. It's something I have been thinking a lot about. I think that, um, uh, you know, traditionally academic associations have, have focused on supporting their members, um, supporting the research and teaching of their members through the publication of journals, as well as the holding of an annual conference, um, and have tended not to be actively engaged in advocacy um, um, and have tended, if, if they did, it tended to be through third party coalitions. Um, and then there, in, and there are a number of third party coalitions here in Washington that are comprised of, of other associations. So, um, um, however, I think that the changing character of higher education and the changing um, fiscal and political environment has has uh, forced uh, large academic associations like the the American Political Science Association or American Sociological Association to think about how they could be more effective and more active in the advocacy arena. Um, 
And so, and and it's also related to a um, a, a related concept such that would that goes under the rubric of public engagement that associations need to be more engaged with trying to influence public policy. So we here at the association, I think, to a certain extent, are actually implementing some of the recommendations that flow from our book. We are are um, devoting more resources to advocacy, and we're trying to develop long-term relationships with policymakers um, that could ben- that will benefit the association and our members. Um, and um, and and I, you know, and we feel that we we have an obligation to, these days to be involved in issues related to higher education that may not be sometimes directly related to political science, but also, but related more generally to higher education. So, so yes, I think that we, um, uh, I as the executive director and the APSA staff, as well as the, the APSA, the APSA president have been actively thinking about this issue of advocacy and some of our recommendations, some of the strategies that we're pursuing flow directly from some of the lessons from our book. Yeah, and you know, I think uh, it's quite obvious that um, the audience for this book then is is, is varied. There's, I think, a uh, quite obvious academic audience, um, but I can imagine uh, leaders of nonprofit organizations taking a lot away from uh, mm-hmm. from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think uh, it's I, I hope that that people do uh, get the book, uh, not just political scientists, but others that, that have some uh, interest in these issues. Um, the book again is nonprofits and advocacy, engaging community and government in an era of retrenchment published uh, by Johns Hopkins University Press this year, available at their website and and elsewhere. Robert and Steve, thank you both very much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I enjoyed it.